0: Welcome back to the More About Jesus podcast. My name is still Alan Martins. You can call me Al. And I'm once again joined by my cousin Daniel Dunbar from Edmonton, Alberta. I'm in Saskatchewan. (laughs) We're a whole province apart. Uh, We're just two regular working guys who love nerdy stuff and we love Jesus even more. Uh, I, I wanted to clarify this week that we're not theological experts. Or paid pastors. We're not in this for the money in the slightest. Uh, we're striving to avoid using Christianese words too, like things that you hear churchy people say. But for us, we've you know, if you've listened to the first two, you know that we kind of grew up in church, so uh, sometimes they're gonna slip, uh, but. Just forgive us for that. <laughs> uh, but we're here about uh, to get real about the, the the teachings of Jesus. So that's that's what this is all about here. Um. So, how was your last couple of weeks, Daniel?
1: Uh, it's been uh, good, uh,
0: bad, stressful.
1: bit of both. It's been a little bit stressful uh, here and there, but um, nothing, nothing major. Um, that's going on and some stuff that, well, one thing was kind of major that was stressful, but I can't really discuss it, uh, here right now. So. Why not? I'm no. just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know exactly what it is. We, 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 we have talked about it, but, uh, uh, it's not public yet anyway. So I can't, I can't disclose any information on, on that. And quite frankly, I only know a very little about it anyway. So it's not even, it's not even like I know the whole story, but, uh, I only know some of it, but, um, yeah, as far as work, work has gone, it's been hectic. People are, you know, of course, um, getting ready for
0: winter. So, yeah. Uh, so that you do that in the, in the garage, you're doing, uh, winterizations already?
1: Yeah. Yeah. People are, people are starting to come in for, you know, cause like here, like the leaves have already fallen. They're all on the ground. We're all starting to rake them up and stuff like that. So people are starting to get winter tires, get up and ready, and winter oil changes and stuff. So,
0: well, this time last year we already had snow. That's right, we did. We did we? Yeah, it was crazy. I saw it in my Facebook uh, reminder things or whatever the history. Yeah. It was and yesterday, a year ago it was minus five or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah like what? <laughs>
1: well, it is October in in
0: yeah
1: uh, uh up here in in, Canada, in,
0: the so in the prairies. Yeah, it's pretty wild here. In the in the northern yeah. prairies at that. So. Yeah, that's true. You're a little more north than me too, yet. so. I think we're pretty close to we're the kinda, same. Pretty close. The road like the, the Yellowhead kind of goes north and east, right? Yeah, yeah. No west. Sorry. are west. Yeah. west of me, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Crazy. just, just my a week, little my bit more. I'm working twice as hard for the same amount of money right now. I have a bad attitude about it, I'll admit it. But I'm actually, it was Friday. Uh, oh, no, Thursday. Today's Friday. Hmm. So, the last work day of the week, it was a Thursday. Somewhere around lunchtime, I started to feel better. And I don't know why. I can't give anyone any credit for it. I just, because I kind of had a bad attitude most of the week, partly because I'm tired. My joints are sore. So, I have of arthritis, so my knees and my ankles and my shoulders and, uh, and I'm doing more physical work again. Yeah. So yeah. partly because I'm lazy, partly because it's all kinds of things, <laughs> but my attitude got a little better. So, and I don't know why yet, but I made it through and we're having a good weekend right now with family that came from Ontario. So on my wife's side.
1: Oh, nice. Who's, who came so over to be visit?
0: A, yeah. It's a family from, uh. The Toronto area, that uh, glorious older sister. So, oh, nice. That's uh, fun. And tomorrow we're going to Saskatoon to visit and stuff there too. Oh, cool. cool. Anyways, but that anyway, I, I wanted to to jump on you about music. We haven't talked about music yet. Sure. Uh, as a banter thing, just uh, what what what's your what are you nerding out to right now with music? Because I know we've we've been a lot. We have some common things. Yeah, yeah, that we like, but. Uh, Start with that. What, what's your jam right now?
1: Oh, right now is uh David Crowder's newest album, Milk and Honey.
0: Oh yeah, wow, that's right. You said that.
1: That's that's just been that's I've actually pulled two or three songs off of that already for worship, just deleting worship, because I'm like, this thing is just packed full and I just love it.
0: So, yeah, he has a always at least I think four or five on every album singable songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some of the modern stuff is they try singing it in church, but um, i I don't think they're singable like we probably shouldn't do them. They're not meant to be congregational singing, yeah, yeah like, Crowder has some really good ones,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, like the the congregational or corporate style worship right is what I look for, and so far, i have be able to pull a few out of there, and I'm like these these are actually really good for where our one where our church is at and what what the church sort of needs to hear right now, right.
0: That's cool. In the dark. Yeah, he's very. He's usually really relevant too. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I guess I've always felt like songwriters like him that are being led by the Holy Spirit. That's your. It's not being relevant. It's being in touch with the heart of God. Yeah. Uh, When you're creating things uh, uh, that reach out to the people and what they need to hear.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Crowder's cool. Yeah
1: what about you what what uh any any albums you're um, digging on right now I have uh,
0: I've been having a screwy year but it's uh one of my go-to's well I'll start with a bit of, I'm try not to take too much time but my go-to for a lot of years for the musical therapy was uh James Taylor James Taylor greatest hit specifically and there's some mm-hmm. other albums of his that are good but his voice and the type of music, uh, even if I was angry or frustrated or sad or mourning or whatever, it had a spiritual element to it that always would call me. Mm. And I still love James Taylor, but an, I, my new gem for that uh, is Casey Musgraves. And I don't know if I should confess that as a Jesus follower. A lot of people probably don't think Casey Musgraves <laughs> is a... But she has this quality in her voice, and the types of songs she does, and that, and so she has a new album out. It came just at the right time. I love, I'm loving it. Mm. And uh, also, a, a friend of mine, Kate Kadawaki from uh, Love They Nerd, she and I are kind of musical twins in a way, which is weird. She's way younger, but she could be my daughter. Yeah, yeah. And she lives in California. But she finds music that I like and introduces me to it. So this week, no, last week, a guy named Foy Vance, F-O-Y Vance.
1: Yeah.
0: Has a new album out. Unbelievable. Nice. It it just cut through my soul. that it's, So that's kind of my jam. Oh, nice. But uh, I, I'm very diverse right now. I used to be straight up metalhead. <laughs> and for a while, it was straight up just worship music. Yeah. Now I'm kind of all over the board. Yeah, Just some cool. of the newest country I can't take, but everything else. I'm-
1: well, country, rock, blues is the same.
0: <laughs> it
1: all sounds the same to me that's right true.
0: now. Yeah, that's true. It's like the rock. One more rock thing R&B. before we get to our, to our big topic. Yep. What was the uh, coolest concert you've ever been to? And I think I might know yours, but I don't know. Oh, coolest concert say. I've ever been to. Like an experience, like you'll never forget, like a big epic thing.
1: Um, I would have to say that uh, that was you too uh when they oh, yeah. they did the 360 tour. They came to tour. Edmonton, right? Yeah, they came to Edmonton yeah. and uh um they canceled the first one for some reason. I always oh, oh, i never seen that. Uh Bono um fell and hurt his back uh at huh. an, at another venue like during during the tour. Um so uh he had to he had to heal up and come back, right? And so uh, when they did come back actually it was shortly after brandy had uh one of her pacemakers put in yeah cuz when her when her heart was in really bad shape it was when one of her pacemakers was in so and then she was like is the sound going to be bad for my pacemaker <laughs> she was all worried about it and so yeah so we, we had to, we had to buy the more expensive seats because at a U2 concert, the ones that are like down in front are the cheap seats, like the standing room only, yeah, yeah, yeah. those are the cheap seats. Cause that's U2. Right. So we had to be in a seat so Brandy could sit during the whole show. And so we had to pay a little bit more money, but yeah, that was, that was a really cool one. Um. That was really cool experience.
0: Pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, or even and Rush. Rush. Yeah, Yeah. that was the that was. I was just gonna say the Rush concert was just killer, because my son and I went to that, and uh, that was uh, when Josiah was really into drumming, and he was uh, taking drumming at McEwen University for drumming, and
0: uh, he took drumming for drumming.
1: He took drumming for drumming. Bizarre. He took he took a course for drumming. Yeah. So, and that that was a that was a surreal experience in itself as well. So,
0: yeah, hmm. yeah. that's cool. How would you? Last last well, I have concert. a few. Yeah, the the real big one I like was still Judas Priest in Saskatoon because nice. the old metalhead in me had fun. It was it wasn't a, a concert experience in the sense because the place was only half full, which I th- was kind of sad because this guy's invented heavy metal. Yeah, yeah, but um, the the show was absolutely mind blowing. Nice that and Third Day's uh, uh, um, Soul on Fire tour. Okay, we came to Saskatoon to a big church there. It was like a worship experience thing, and I I've always been a big Third Day fan, and that was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Easy, awesome, easy, yeah. But that, yeah, those are my concerts. That's cool. I think we'd we should go to a concert together in Edmonton one time. Next time when they open that up again, yeah, whenever that is, right? <laughs> if Billy Eyelash comes, <laughs> I love her too. Anyways, cool. So, um, this week as we were discussing what we should go through, there's a lot of topics, but we wanted to start with something, um. I guess what I what kind of made it solidified this idea for me is that the Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to go from starting in Matthew chapter five, verse one, is sort of like not just random teaching by Jesus. Like not that anything was random, but. This is like the the calling card that this is okay. This is a summation of the things I want to do with the kingdom. Because we see a lot of other stuff when Jesus teaches is like a parable. Or it's, uh, it's as he's going about things, he'll see things and speak into something. Or he reads someone's mind and speaks into that. This is like an overview, a teaching of the kingdom with no... No secrets or nothing. This is, hey, this is what it's about. This is what it's going to be about from here on in if you're one of my followers. Yeah. It so seems, I, it, it's a good place to start, I think.
1: Yeah. It seems like uh, um, it, with the Sermon on the Mount and stuff like that, this is where Jesus just lays out the kingdom. Um, and and in a different way, but still, still keeping with uh, a lot of the old... Traditions as well, right? I mean, he, like he said, he wasn't there to abolish um, the old law, but to actually fulfill it, right? And Mm -hmm. like a lot of people have to remember that Jesus wasn't New Testament; Jesus was still an Old Testament Jew. Uh, The the only writings that they had were were the Old Testament, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know why, but people don't think that. Like that's very logical, but yeah, yeah. their Bible was the Jewish Bible.
1: <laughs> it was, it was the Torah. It they was the law. They didn't it was, have the
0: book of Corinthians.
1: No. And, and, and no, they didn't have any of that. They didn't have any of Paul's teachings because all of that came way after. And even the, even the, even the apostles stories, they came like what? At, uh, 10, 20 years after Jesus's resurrection. So mm-hmm. like those, you know, they were in the process of being written, but never were fully written. Right. Um, throughout, you know, as far as as I remember anyway, I haven't really done any heavy, heavy studying into this. So as I said, we're not theologians or anything. Like
0: we said, we're not, uh, this is us working through stuff. We might've done a bit of research, but we're not, uh, this is ordinary Christian podcasting here. This is not, and I think that ordinary Christians are the ones that are going to change the world anyway. And we, we have a bit of a celebrity mentality, um, an addiction in the church sometimes with someone who's uh, not, not that education's bad or that uh, people using their fame to proclaim Jesus is bad, but yeah it's the everyday Christians who are committed to transforming their own lives that are going to have the biggest impact on the world, especially now because we can't people ain't coming to our churches. Yeah, and it's not just because they're boring or anything like that. That's because we can't. So <laughs> together, let's let's adapt here, people. Yeah, like let's most figure a way to do this.
1: Most churches right now have seen like a massive decline in in how many people are coming. Like um, I just read an article. It's like you can't go back to 2019. It's not going to happen. Don't expect it to happen. Most churches yeah, have a, have seen a decline in in people in church by about. 20 to 30% from what it was in 2019. So, huh. you know, you're, you know, if you had a church of a hundred people, you might have 20 people show up or 30 people show up means you're having to almost start from scratch, which can be a little bit disappointing and and discouraging, but.
0: Oh, for sure. You a have lot to of people ad- are really. Yeah. You have to adapt. Like just, they're, they're scared of what's going to happen, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, that's, and that's to you, to your point, I mean, your everyday christian is the person in the bay next to you working on a vehicle your everyday christian is the guy down the line in in you know at at harvest time that's having to sweep the floor or something like that right and yep, exactly we, we still have to you know your everyday christian is going to be the cashier as you're checking out your groceries or somebody like that right um uh, and you know you just you you never know and so you You know, have a Jesus conversation with somebody, right? And that's that's what we're trying to do, anyway.
0: Yeah. Uh, So cool. So let's let's dive in. I'll just start reading. Absolutely. Um, I'll read the first verse and then I'll read the first beatitude, I guess, and we'll just go from there. Yeah. Uh, So Matthew five. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, but I have the Google Google machine right here, so we can. (laughs) <laughs> Look for different things if we want to do that. Yeah. Uh, one day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. that we just stop there. So, it's something we kind of hinted at last time, mm-hmm. but, uh, about the chosen, so what from what we just read or whatever why do you think they chose to make it seem like a big planning thing that Jesus like prepared them for and how did how does that work out to you I have my own weird ideas about it but is that something that struck you as weird when you watched the chosen at first
1: oh uh, because yeah when Jesus like so for anybody who hasn't seen the chosen we're getting up to like that's insane Season
0: two, right near the end. Yeah, the, near the end of season two. Um,
1: if you haven't watched it yet, while well, these are going to be some spoilers, um, you've had <laughs> you've had six months to do it, so I think we. Can... You've
0: had two thousand years <laughs> to read the story,
1: <laughs> and you've had two thousand years to know what's going to be happening. But yeah, so within the Chosen, um, Jesus takes off. Like he's, he's like I'm. I've got to I've got to figure out this sermon like he's like this is this is important and so he steps away and he starts trying to figure it out and all of his disciples are like what the heck's going on like what do you mean he has to f- plan or anything <laughs> like that right and you know the character of Jesus in that in, in the chosen was just like I, I want to make sure that this is right and so he'd grab Matthew and run things by him so um, so that's, that sets the scene for what we're talking about right there. And um, was I surprised by it? Maybe a little bit, um, but it made it more human. It made it more real. It made it more relatable, right? Yeah. That Jesus, Jesus was, uh, uh, he was thoughtful about how he was going to approach this, right? It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't just off the cuff. And that he wasn't so divine and so much God in that moment. Like he was still fully human, that he still was a little bit worried about what he was going to say and how he was going to say it to make sure that the point came across as clear as possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's something actually I didn't go there in my brain, but that makes sense. That's the more and more I'm learning about the humanity of Jesus and how, how important that is, that he would have been nervous. For yeah. sure, because you knew how important it was. Yeah, and considering that, like I think, right away I thought, well, how did it even, like it's not planned because it's spontaneous, but he knew and he prepared his disciples, like mm-hmm. in the message, he's like, okay, this is very important. This sermon is, the, this is the one, this is very important that this goes over good. And I thought, well, how, uh, he knows because he can read people's minds and he knows these things. <laughs> like he said, uh, I mean, he just, that's, did we see that time and again in the gospels, like he just, like he knew the woman at the well in Samaria would be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He knew that was yeah. a God a meeting. And that was So there's, he knows things are going to happen. And so he prepares, you know, for it. So that wasn't too weird for me. I don't i it, It actually kind of added to the value of what he's seeing in this. I thought, okay, this is, people got to get this. This is important. And he, one thing that he can't control is what these people are, how they're going to respond. He has no idea. Yeah. He doesn't even know, like, oops, sorry. Like he, he has an idea. He, like, let's talk about Judas. Like he knew Judas would betray him, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. But there's always also an element of he doesn't really know what's going to happen like with people. He can't God doesn't know what people are going to choose to do or not to. He knows ahead of time what's going to happen, but he can't I don't know. I think Jesus didn't under, like I think it was he didn't know. Is that weird yeah. to think? I don't know. He didn't you know that tell me. how
1: people how people would would respond to it or
0: yeah, he doesn't know all the outcome of what's going to happen to this sermon. I guess he knew in advance he was going to die and all those things, but yeah, I don't think Jesus knew all the things about everything because yeah. he gave up that divine knowledge to uh, temporarily to set it aside or whatever to become a man.
1: Yeah, if I was to guess, I, I, would, I would say that he was thinking that this is the first major sermon about the kingdom that I'm giving. Right. To a large crowd. A crowd of like it says five thousand men plus women and children. So this is this is a major crowd, first time that he's doing this out of the wilderness, out on a mountainside, and not mm-hmm. in in a town, in a house or in a small in, in the synagogue or anything like that. So this is and yeah, this is this is him laying out the kingdom. Right and mm-hmm. reclaiming it from what it was supposed to be and what it was twisted into um, through through the religious leaders at the time, right? With all the extra rules and everything else that they had, and he was just like, no, okay, let's just start from here. Let's you know go into this. Let's just settle down. This is what it's about. <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah, get ready for get used to different get used to different
1: right <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that and there is a t-shirt of that there is I've
0: seen Dallas yeah, I've cool. seen
1: Dallas wearing getting it's a, a shirt that said get used to different and I was like that was awesome
0: yeah uh, I want that I want that yeah but um so that's the setup anyway
1: yeah there's there's one major thing that I've that I found interesting in in just in the first verse right So Jesus went up to the mountainside and this is where he's going to give his speech, right? And this mirrors, like somebody else, I, I heard this on a different podcast, this mirrors Moses going up the mountain to get the laws. Ooh. right? and and then he starts breaking out, this is the kingdom and this is how it's going to be. So it's, it, it does mirror a lot of the Old Testament and even as we go through like the the rest of, of the parables and stuff like that. They do mirror a lot of some of the stuff that happened in the Old Testament. Uh that, that the people just needed to be retaught.
0: Yeah, I never thought of that.
1: Yeah. No, it's and it was something- Well
0: they 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 knew that what they were doing wasn't working to change the world or did like they're just doing stuff and but yeah. like obviously from through other gospel stuff is like people are so amazed at how powerful his teaching was and how how we had authority and all this stuff in this. this so they were so hungry for something better than the same old stuff they've heard for their whole life.
1: Yeah, yeah, and something that was like you said, you know, different. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't being taught in the synagogue where there was even more rules, right? Men had to sit over here, women had to sit over here, lepers had to sit over here, you know. You had you had mm-hmm. different areas that that um for different people right? There was a different temple for Gentiles as there was for
0: the Jews and for... Well, there was a complete segregation and then this guy comes along that's not at all
1: segregated.
0: Everyone's welcome.
1: Yeah, everybody's welcome. It's like, get used to different,
0: right? I love that line in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then he goes on to talk about the Beatitudes. Mm -hmm. So you want to hit the first one? Yeah, I'm going to read it in... Okay, I got the message up here too, because I've been reading that too. Oh, I was going to um, read that one too. I was like, I love reading okay, the Okay, I'll let message. you do that one. So this in the <laughs> New Living, it says, God blesses those who are poor and realizes their need for him. Mm. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now the typical is, so if you're reading what you're used to hearing, like the New King James or something. Or the NIV or something. Uh, Blessed are the poor... Or poor in spirit. Yeah. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Yeah, for theirs is the kingdom
1: in heaven. And yet in the message, in the message it says, you are blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. (laughs) I I really think he
0: nailed it. I really (laughs) think he nailed it there,
1: yeah. I did try a few other versions and I'm like, "This this one surmises it, I think, the best and brings out... Um, for me, it brings a lot of. Uh, it, it it reminds me of a lot of stories that we had um, in our life, like in 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 my personal life and stuff like that, of that exact passage, right there, right. Like I mean, um. So, like I said in in the introductory last last week, is is my wife is a heart transplant patient. So you have to be pretty darn sick in order to receive a heart um to the point that uh um just just a just a brief overview on this was uh she uh at the n- near the time of that the transplant was going to happen this is 8 years ago uh, cuz she's 8 years transplanted now um right near the end like November December uh she could not walk half a block Without having to turn around and go home and lay down wow. like like her, her extent of, of her energy was like if she gets uh, like I told her, if you get supper made, that's good enough. That's all I care about at this point, right and and that's where, and that's where we were. so it's like when you are at the end of your rope, mm-hmm. there's less of you and more of the kingdom and we had huh. so during that time we had a dry run on the transplant. So what a dry run is, is um, they phoned us up and they're like, we have a heart. We have a donor heart for you. So we get everything ready. We had all of our contact list and everything else ready. Um, We went in to the hospital and they prepped her. They completely prepped her, got her ready for surgery. And then the transplant doctor came in and was like, the heart that was there was in too bad a shape. It wasn't as good as what, was what um, the, the people um, receiving the, or, or receiving, that's not the right word, taking the heart um, had said it was, it was in really, really bad shape. And, and she would have suffered like my wife would have suffered with that heart. Um, so, that was devastating for us. Cause here we were, we were prepped and ready to go.
0: Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're so hopeful and yet scared. Yeah. That.
1: You're, you're hopeful. You're scared. I also mean, are. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's just like the rug gets pulled out right from underneath you. And, and we had been, and at that point we had been waiting six months, uh, since oh, we'd been put oh. on the transplant list. Right. So we had been on the list for six months at that time. And, uh, with Brandy, she's also, um, Uh, rare blood type. So it was, Hmm. but it was rare in a good way that she could actually receive any heart. I think, I think that's how it was. I'll have to, I'll have to talk with her about that again. Um, So they're like, it's a good that you can, like you're pretty high up on the priority list, but still six months and that just, yeah. And that devastated us. Like that really devastated us. And then that week I still had to lead worship and that, that was the hardest time that I had to get up and try to sing praises to God because.
0: Yeah. You don't feel it in the slightest.
1: No. I mean, we were, we were, we were, we were devastated. We were wrecked and still, and then I got up there and I still, and I, and like one of the songs that I sang was, uh, praise you in this storm and uh that was a, I love that so that was a hard song to sing when when you're going through the storm but oh yeah I, I mean know, powerful been. and like everybody was like that was the best worship service you've ever led and I'm like well it wasn't me because I quite frankly didn't want to be there <laughs> It's was like that that was all God because and then for like the next four weeks I was like just emotionally shut down mm-hmm. right and it's just like and but God continued to, you know, we were at the end of our rope, and with less of us, God was able to come through, and and it was awesome, right? And in that, in looking back at it, it was awesome. Going through it sucked. So that's that's my story for that scripture and how
0: it. That's it, really good. How it affected us. Yeah, have, I got I got us. one almost exactly the same. Um, Gloria, my wife is, is bipolar. So after the birth of our first son, um, a few months in, she had what they call a hypomanic episode and was not being herself. And uh, I don't need to go into details, but it was scary. Mm-hmm. And I had to give the doctor's permission to sedate her against her will which I still hate that I did that and uh, she was uh, uh, hospitalized for a short time at the time uh, but then after my second son she had a depressive episode which is way worse and hmm. and was it, it was a few months of, of of hospitalization at that point so there's people who say they're depressed and then there's People who end up in a in a hospital for months because they're depressed—that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, and I I was definitely at the end of my rope, and it was all God. But I was uh, something I want to emphasize is that I was angry at God, super angry. I told them to half off, to be honest. Mm-hmm. That he could have me back when he when he gives me and my wife back. Hmm. But in the midst of that. I still remember driving back from Saskatoon at one point, uh, leaving her still in the hospital, and listening to Stephen Curtis Chapman for some crazy reason. I, why? Why am I listening to that <laughs> when I'm mad at God? But I, uh, whatever. So there's certain so, and that it was uh, one of his, his songs. And I can't remember which one that brought me back. That brought me like, right. I was right at the brink mm. and God was still there with me and didn't reject me. And I never felt like God was far away. Never felt he was there with me, even though the, the, the road was hard and it was long. Um, and I definitely, I guess I was, my, it wasn't rebellion. It was just like a. It was a, a realization in my life that things go really crappy for Christians sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes when you're young, you grow up this, with this idea that it's all going to be peachy because I'm faithful and going to church and I, I believe in God and I believe in the Bible and I I pray and I memorize the scripture. So those kind of things happen to people that aren't faithful, that miss church, that don't believe all the things I believe. I, and I wasn't taught that, but I grew up thinking those things for some weird reason. And then when it all falls apart, it's like, no, wait, actually yeah. a lot of bad crap can happen to people that are going to, you can go to the end of their rope. And then I'm like, especially if you're a Calvinist of sorts that thinks that everything that happens is for a reason. And God like wrote out a script for your life that, that, <laughs> You know, so when people, some people hear plans, they think that God, every second of your life is a script that he wrote out that he knew would happen. So he's okay, here's the part where he's going to be, where he's going to almost lose his wife, you know? Yeah. God yeah. doesn't, that's not, he didn't organize it for, for Brandy to have a bad heart. <laughs> he knew it would happen. And he's there with you through it. But I mean, that, yeah. I guess that's, that's a huge debate that we don't have to get into because a lot of people get worked up about it. But that was where my brain was struggling with things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> oh, it was funny that I realized my need for him. Like, yeah. and I, I like that. You know, and, and there was a whole lot less of me, and God was there. He was there for me. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, because because like it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, even last night, Brandy and I were talking. And there are some scriptures in there that's like, you know, cause you have like generational sin and stuff like that. And what,
0: you know, who, 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 who is yeah, this person sick? How come who's sinned? Who the father, sinned? the
1: mother or what? Yeah. Right. And then even Brandy was like, it was some of the, was some of those old Testament scriptures. She's like, so who, who did the wrong that not only am I sick, but that this same gene or slight or deficiency in the heart could also, you know, is passed on to our daughter, for example, right? Where she's, she's got very slight, uh, dilated cardiomyopathy. That was, that was what my wife was diagnosed with. Well, with her old heart was dilated cardiomyopathy. All it means is she had a big heart and, and my wife does. I mean, to, to this day, (laughs) she's, she has, she has a ginormous heart for people and for God. So, um, yeah. And it's like, but who sinned did that? And I was like, really? You're not, you know, so we were sort of discussing that. I was like, but you look at like in this, uh, this story, the story of the, the blind person who'd been blind for his whole entire life. Right. And then, and Peter, Peter, of course, it's got to be Peter, right? It's got to be Peter out of all the apostles who's, who's going to be like <laughs> rubbing on Jesus and stuff like that. It's like, man, Jesus must've been like, geez, Peter, just like. Get a clue already, right? And even in the chosen, he's he's a bit of a he's a bit of a wild canon, right? But hey, this is the guy that Jesus is going to build His church on, right? <laughs> Somebody as messed up as Peter, he's like, yes, no, that's exactly who I want for my church, right? Is messed up people. I want messed up people who are going to wrestle with things and and not just accept it at face value. Because Peter asked him, he's like, okay, God, okay, Jesus, okay, Messiah whose sin caused this guy to go blind? Was it his or was it his parents? Right? And Jesus just looks at him as is like, idiot. <laughs> He's just born blind.
0: <laughs> like, uh, we still ask those kind of weird questions. So. <laughs>
1: uh, that was the culture know, like- back then. And, But people still do it to this day is like, even within the church culture, it's so bad because people do it. They'll be like, oh, you're sick because, um, you did something wrong. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so sad. eh?
1: And it's just like, and people get judgmental about that sort of thing. It's like, you know, and now especially it's like, oh, you got COVID because you're a bad person because you didn't tip that waiter $5.
0: Or God didn't protect you from it cuz you're yeah, sinning or whatever. It's like wow. now
1: now if you were if you were a total Karen and after after <laughs> after having a church a church uh, a church meeting you went to a restaurant and chewed out your server, okay, maybe you deserve to get sick. But hey <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's my, Uh, that's my gripe with some Christian people that they totally forget, you know, totally forget the, you know, they, they, you go to a church meeting and then five minutes after the meeting, you're, nothing's changed.
0: That's sad. Yeah. Yeah. I worked in the restaurant industry, so I know how that works (laughs) quite a bit. How good people are at tipping. Yeah, and that they give tracts. There's tracts. Did you know there's twenty dollar bill tracts?
1: Oh, I see those, and I hate that those. That are fake. I know. Fake. I hate. them. They
0: have a corner of a twenty dollar bill, and then the rest is like, you don't need money. You need Jesus or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. I hate. I hate. I hate that stupid little thing like that. That is just like, you know what? It's these, the worst. These people just put up with you for a meal, and they have to get home to their family, and they served you. Yeah, they're making minimum wage. Like Tip them well. Tip them. I mean, and that's something we've always done. I mean, even with our our pizza delivery guy, um, before Skip the Dishes and Uber Eats came around, uh, we tipped our Panago guy pretty good. And uh, to the point that when we ordered our pizzas, they were here within 10 minutes to our house. Wow. Because they knew. That's and cool. And they were hot. They were piping hot. And then we stopped ordering off of Panago for like, four months or something like that. And cause we were just making it at home. And, uh, and then we we're like, they Oh you. yeah. And then, and then we, we ordered off of Panago again. And when the guy delivered he's like, did we do something wrong? <laughs> <laughs> cause it was the same delivery guys. Like, did we do something wrong that we haven't seen you guys forever. <laughs> cause it, it used to be a staple in our house that we would just order pizza. Cause especially when Brandy wasn't feeling well, it was just like, oh, I was too tired to cook. So.
0: Yep. That seems legit. Yeah. I'm the cook though, so I don't get that. To... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, now this is a, you're totally in on this. I think we should stay on this 1st I'm not going past it until we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, people at the end of the rope. Now we've just been honest and and shared these times, but I, I don't feel like Christians are good at this, at being at, at, at admitting that mm. they're at the end of the rope. And now this is key. This is what Jesus is getting at. Cause I don't, I don't, I think it's, I don't want to say an epidemic, but it's bad. Yeah. I think church culture has created this way of thinking that Christians have to be, have it all together and not be at the end of the rope. And they could be at the end of the rope like they're they're dying inside, but they come to church and pretend. Yeah, just that face. Yeah, <laughs> you if, if, like, if you're listening the to this podcast, you you need to get on YouTube and watch to see some <laughs> of this. stuff, to see our pretty faces, because so what do you think of that? Is that something you've seen?
1: Heck yes, every time the 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 poop eating smiles as 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 Christians have been called as like you know, you go to church, how are you? Everything's great. everything's awesome. Yay, Jesus is Lord. It's just like inside they're dying. right? and yeah and is this is something that that is, and and more so I'd say in church leadership that we're not allowed you feel like you're not allowed to show weakness. like you're you're you feel mm-hmm. like you're not allowed to show that you're broken, that you're hurting as a leader. Right. And I mean, because everyone's
0: I was, counting on you.
1: Exactly. Right. And yeah. And and what if
0: that one non-Christian comes in the service that day yeah. and you're not hundred percent on, they could go to hell cause you screwed it up.
1: <laughs> and that's unfortunately how we feel now. Nobody's mm-hmm. ever taught us that.
0: No, exactly. How did we come to this? It's what I keep coming back to. Church culture—it's a thing that we do. And how did we come and our to kids, that? Our kids grow up thinking certain things because we don't talk about stuff.
1: We don't, right? And it's oh, and it's and it's so aggravating because it's like you know what? Why can't we be angry? Right? Why can't we show that we're not doing good? We're there with other people who would probably help us, who would at least pray for us to help us to try to feel better and maybe can you know um um petition to god even that hey you know what mm-hmm. this is this is my brother and this is my brother or sister in christ um they need some help wherever two or more gathered you said you're going to be here with us so hey we're both here right i mean you're in the church setting this is this is the time this is where you're supposed to go it's you know um oh james and james chapter five, yeah, I think it was in James. Yeah, James chapter five is like, you know, if one of you is sick, call on the elders, go to church, get them to anoint your head on oil, get them to pray for you, right? Or weary or anything like that, right? Support each other, lift each other up. That's what, that's what church is supposed
0: to be for, right? Yeah, it's... But it's not, let's be honest. It I isn't. Guess there are but I'm, I'm hoping sure it there's changes. People, I'm sure there's people have a different experience. So if you are one of those people, please share that with us on one of our medias. Cause I, I haven't seen it and I'm I dream of it. And I've when I still attended church, I that was one of my goals. I wanted to create a time after the service for people to come up and pray and share the burdens and 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 i even wanted to start a prayer movement in that regard but it mm-hmm. it never got traction it happened here and there and it's uh it's just people are still so uncomfortable with sharing their stuff yeah and but that's of- what i think jesus is getting at this is really the core of this i think is that bluster you realize you need god you need something you need something beyond yourself you yeah. don't have it all together And it's not enough to be just you. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're meant to be in a community that supports each other, that is comfortable with sharing our garbage with each other. Oh, absolutely. When we fall apart and not isolating each other and pushing each other away. But we're better at judging and isolating ourselves from each other than we are at anything else. Yeah. Sadly.
1: I mean, it's, uh, I think a lot of times it also has to do with the fact that Maybe we don't trust the other people in church. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's because the people in church gossip. Yeah. And so maybe that's why we can't, we don't feel safe to talk about our problems there because then church people gossip. Maybe if the church people didn't gossip, maybe then we'd see more of this actually going on, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Where... It's like no, we're we're not going to talk about it to anybody else. This is we need you know you need help, we need help, everybody needs help. We all suck.
0: Nobody's perfect. It's got to, I think, start at a leadership level, though. I think at I think you need a pastor and elders in it if you're going to still do traditional church that strongly believe in this, and and have an umbrella of it and a way of it, and just create a, a place for this because. From the bottom up, it doesn't work. I've tried that. And I'm not the only experience, but one guy or a handful of people that's tried to change. If the leadership of a church or people don't want to go with this, they want to still make a program and have a show. So every Sunday there's a thing and your idea of sharing your problems doesn't fit in with what we're doing right now. It's just going to never fly. Um, to be honest,
1: I don't know. I I I think a handful of people that aren't that aren't in church leadership might be a way to go with it as well. I mean, mind you, I come from a, a vineyard church, so it's a little bit different model than the traditional style church, right? But consistency and doing it over and over again, even though there's nobody there or you feel like you're not getting anywhere, mm-hmm. but it's like you know what, you have a big ship to try that you're trying to steer. With a really yeah. tiny rudder, and it's just gonna take time. It'll get there eventually, though, right? it it It'll take some time, and it'll take some people. You know, trust takes a while to build, and people have to trust, right? and And that's just it. And you would have. So I'd say that f- it'd be easier with with like a leadership and and board and stuff like that helping and supporting it. And and participating in it, but it still be fine. I think it's it's still needed within the church. Um, it
0: probably will just have to start like you're saying, it's, but but it's just yeah. It's you, it can be so frustrating. I mean, I'm, I'll admit that I'm I I gave up on it, but hmm. not completely. But it, at least that for now, until I can find some other way of. Doing this, but it's, it can get very frustrating. And I've, I think people have given up a lot of times. Um, cause it's not about just not being received, it's about being in a place where people are just mostly comfortable with pretending like everything's okay. And it's, I'm all good. Yeah. No, I'm good. I don't need prayer. I'll just put this little note in the jar and it's good. <laughs> and, uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. Being vulnerable is hard, but that's what I think Jesus expects of us. To be honest, and it's it's not easy. And I'm an open book kind of guy, so yeah, I know I have to be more patient because it's not as easy. But there were times it was super rewarding. Um, when someone be from out of town would be through church and come up for prayer mm-hmm. and share something, or or someone's, but usually it was people literally at the end of the rope, like their marriage was ending or something, like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they're desperate. And so they come up and then you pray with them and you could see how much it would help them. But I'm like, I, I, I want people to come up and say what I'm saying. Like, like, listen, man, my job sucks so bad right now. Yeah, I yeah. just want to quit <laughs> and I just can't take it. I know I got to stay there and I'm just so stinking tired of it. Or parents who are like, you know what? I got three kids, one, two, and three. And I'm going nuts right now. I can't take this. Yeah. I know I'm supposed to love my kids, but I just want to just I just want to send them away for at least like a week so I can have a break. Yeah. Things like that. We don't talk about that because you're not supposed to say those things and it I think it's essential. Yeah. And it's, there could be more of God in your life. The more you keep trying to control it all and keep it all together, there's less space for God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it's the thing that in the world, people do that. Mm-hmm. In my non Christian friend groups, people do that. Why don't we do it in the church?
0: We're I, I better just, than that. I, yeah, we're, we're supposed again. to be
1: better than that. We're supposed to be <clears throat> sharing the good news. We're supposed to be saying that, hey, yeah, I know everything sucks, and we know everything sucks. And but you know, Jesus is is uh I don't want to use all the Christianese because that sucks. <laughs> but it's like, when it comes right down to it, it's like, how are you getting off of this planet? It's like, yeah, it sucks. But I can, I can show you somebody that'll help you get through it because he's been through sucky stuff. Mm-hmm. And we'll try to get it through it with you because I've been through sucky stuff. And this is how I got through it. Right. And Jesus is the one who who led me through it. So, huh. so why can't well, why can't the Christians do it?
0: So that's I think that's good for this time. Yeah. That's just basically two verses, but, uh, at this rate we'll have
1: 500 episodes by the time we're done with the Sermon on the Mount.
0: (laughs) This went actually better than I was like, I, I didn't know how we're going to go through this, but that was really good. And you had a lot of good insight there that would keep me thinking for a while. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Anyone who's listening right now, let's think of that. Like let's, uh. Realize your need for God. Let's 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 go there in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and and, and like, um, yeah, like the message. It's okay to be at the end of your rope, you know.
1: <laughs> like the message says, I'm just going to read it again because it's such an awesome mm-hmm. version in the message. Um, you are blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and His rule.
0: Hmm. No, yeah, bad. and then I'm thinking of. Quickly, I'll say to uh, Paul talking about his thorn in the flesh, you know, how when I'm weak, then God's strong. So, the weaker you are, the more room there is for God's power. It's not just about me holding it all together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, he, uh, I think we nailed it there. Thank God. we Thanks us for that. that.
1: Our God uses us in our weakness.
0: <laughs> yeah. God, I'm living proof of that. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> my old weakness, my old man weakness. Yeah. So... I'm Al, that's Daniel. If you have any questions or comments or of anything we talked about, if you have some insight that we missed or something you just agree with, or maybe you just want to be nice to us and send us an encouraging note, uh, you can reach us in a lot of places. On Twitter, we're at moreaboutjesus3. Also, we have an email, moreaboutjesus21 at gmail.com. The best place is on our Discord server. Uh, So there's a more about Jesus podcast on the discord and uh, you can find links to all this stuff on our YouTube page. So if you, um, if you're just listening to this podcast, we do put out a video of this so you can see our pretty faces. I'm joking. (laughs) We're not, we're not ugly. (laughs) Our mamas love us. (laughs) I've got uh, got the the perfect face for radio. So, but we do have YouTube and there's links there to all of our stuff. Um, You can follow me, Al, on Twitter at at Alanon68 or Daniel at Danny Boy Dunbar. Uh, We're not super active on Twitter, but we also, on our own, more about Jesus Twitter. I do post quite a bit of stuff here and there. Uh, Reach out. Um, We invite you to be a a part of this vital conversation because we think that the world needs more of Jesus. And sadly, the church needs to be more about Jesus than it can be sometimes. I don't know your experience, but share that stuff. So uh, reach out. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. Till next time, then, uh, let's all do what we can to be more like Jesus. Amen. Like, Amen. share, subscribe.